speakerphone and notes are out so I can just remember every that's, little detail. That's so funny. Well, well, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it a little bit. So, like, uh, um, I, I guess just I'm... I'm super, super stoked to talk to you because um, me and you have been homies for a minute uh, and it's just crazy to kind of see your growth like through the years. I mean, um, just even to like name just a few things, uh, just with your recent work with Hollywood Undead, uh, Papa Roach, um, Louder Than Life Festival, Aftershock Festival, uh, you know, the list goes on, CU Space Cowboy, Knocked Loose, Turnstile. You're just, I feel like you're filming everyone you're kind of involved in everything you're you're becoming this figure that i feel like uh people are definitely going to and seeking out and uh and so i'm just i'm i'm super psyched that you know one of my friends is is doing something like that and just so 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 excited to sit down with you so welcome cameron i appreciate it my man it's uh definitely surreal um, so 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 go ahead and 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 give give like a rundown a little bit of like what you're just doing right now and then we'll kind of go a little bit back and we'll uh kind of get more into like how you got where you're at well currently i work for the band hollywood undead that's kind of my main gig I, I got hooked up with them pretty much right before covid um i was on that tour with knock loose and when i got back home my buddy hit me up last minute was like hey you want to do a uk run like i can't do this and this band basically needs an all-purpose guy um and it just kind of fell into place where i was i had literally just gotten my passport for knocked because we had to go through canada for like a day uh, which ended up being kind of like a blessing only because i wouldn't have been able to go to europe and I had no intention of getting my passport just because I was lazy until the knocked thing happened. So it lined up pretty much perfectly to get on the road with the undead guys. And uh, after that run, those dudes basically took care of me. Um, That's so awesome. So you just you were able to solidify that connection from that run? Yeah, we just clicked. I mean, like their music wasn't something I was really familiar with, uh, and it's funny enough we've had that conversation with me and some of the members like i had never really ever listened to their band yeah i don't um, know if i could like pick out like any of their songs really yeah and they're they're definitely like a genre of their own like they came up in the myspace days and like it's just i mean you know how it is like i come from much more aggressive music like much more diy underground just hardcore punk stuff like that so I just don't feel like I was ever really, uh, really even like exposed to that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was never really presented with anyone around me that was like, yo, you should check out this new Hollywood and dead CD. <laughs> it was just never a thing that my homies were listening to at the time. Yeah. I was such a shit growing up. I was, it's like everything had to be hyper aggressive, super heavy, or I really wouldn't touch it. So, um, so, so when you were growing up, like, I guess like, uh, uh, were you like always drawn to film? Like what was, what, what was your first like, uh, notion of just being like, all right, this is something I'm getting into. I mean, I got, I mean, my grandmother was an artist growing up and like, she raised me for a good portion of my life alongside my mother. So it's, like to keep me busy, she just was an artist. So it was like everything and anything from pottery to painting to drawing to photography. She just always put different types of medium in my hand. And then 
one day, I, I mean, I used to play music terribly, um, but I used to play music and what did you play? Then, well, I played guitar. Okay, okay. Um, I don't think I never knew that you that you played guitar. Awful, awful. Music. <laughs> uh, I used to play in Orlando and like okay, okay, a really bad band. But um, we uh, but I I ended up wanting to take photos and like I had film cameras that I shot with, but like it's not very cost effective, especially when you're in, like high school trying to like fund that type of stuff like even then it was still pretty expensive to buy film and get it developed for sure so so yeah until i got a digital i want to say like junior year okay uh that's kind of when i kind of put down a guitar and really kind of focused on more camera work and you're you you had mentioned Orlando. You, you know you're in Orlando at this time. Did you grow up in in Florida? Yeah, uh, South Florida is where I was born, okay. and then I moved to Orlando and spent most of my time growing up there. Okay, and then I moved to Jacksonville when I turned eighteen. Okay, okay. I'm gonna ask you some some things I kind of know the answer to, but uh, but just humor me for for the sake of of the podcast. But uh, um, so so or, Orlando times. Let's let's go into that a little bit. What what was the scene like? Uh, um, what are you like getting into? What what um, uh, what, what high school did you go to? I kind of forget what high school you went to. I went to Apopka. Okay, um, okay. But Orlando scene was kind of um, not fun. If I'm being honest, <laughs> uh, the kids were shitty. Uh, a lot of clicky people. For uh, sure. It was deathcore, so oh, a yeah. lot of egos, a lot of people that wanted to bully, be tough. It came with the scene. Um, so it like me and my little group of friends, we all stayed close, and I met people in that scene. But like, and I as feel far like as locally, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of love. And and, and how old are you? Uh, I'm thirty. So, so, so I feel like we were going to some of the same stuff, but I feel like also at the same time, I was like, so disconnected in my world of like the, the Christian hardcore scene. And, and I know that, that, that we definitely like, we're at some of the same shows, but it was, it was hilarious at how like the Orlando scene at the time was like a, a couple different things, but it it wasn't hardcore to me until I moved to Tallahassee. Like I didn't, I didn't really experience like true, you know, there was Island Oasis at the time that was doing stuff. Um, but even there, I feel like I was seeing more of like for the fallen dreams and like bands like thick as blood, kind of one of these, like, uh, definitely like crossover bands. Yeah. Most of the stuff, it was like locals. It was like fall bread devoured by pestilence. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, by bands like that. I can't, I, uh, the, dude. That's so funny. That that. Uh, do you remember like Lincoln County Massacre and stuff like that? And and like, uh, oh, I'm trying to think with of, my bare hands. Yes, yes. Oh man, T- so funny. Um, okay, yeah. so so when did you like start like filming shows? I didn't start filming shows till much later. I moved okay. to Jacksonville and like I don't know why. I just oh oh I do know why. Um, Actually, it's a funny story. My my um, why am I for- I'm forgetting the name of the band. They they were very melodic. They they had a whole CD where it was like themed around war. Why am I forgetting the name around about it? Wait, wait, um, from Jacksonville? No, no, no. They were just like a really popular band. Um, hmm. God, I'm spacing, but basically, my friend 
Joe Caribly. He he had a moment where that he wanted to do a doc on this band, and it was just like a, a thing, kind of showcasing a little bit of behind the scenes and okay. showcasing a little bit of like live with that. And Joe was a cinematographer, and he brought me in on that. And after that, it it was kind of like a oh shit, like this is cool, like seeing right. a, a part of something that I had help in and seeing the final piece it was just like rad to see kind of like i've always been in that environment but i never thought to do it that way um just like documenting shows and any type of narrative anything like that so like once i kind of tapped in a little bit on that i i filmed shows every now and then but i never really took it seriously and then I don't know what clicked, but I was just like, I should just be shooting these all the time. So I just ended up like any show I went to, I just started recording them. Um, And so that's essentially how that started. It was just like helping my friend with something just because I had a camera that had video capabilities. I think it was like a Canon 5D Mark III or Mark II at the time. Okay. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask, because I don't really know too much about cameras, but I wanted for you to go into a little bit of like you know your first cameras and stuff like that and 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 before you do go into that though I do want to touch on you know you you getting into it just because you know um random friend asked you to do something and then you you realize how gratifying kind of that archiving that stuff is and and I mean I feel like for people um especially in our scene that type of history is so important because uh you don't have these big shows where you know there's always going to be some professional cameraman there and and a whole setup and stuff like that you know and so so we definitely rely on people like you getting into the scene and and, and starting to document that stuff and so um so really cool that's how you got into it um first camera well you you mentioned that mark mark was that like a good camera at the time or was it like a piece of shit or like what you know, what's the initial investment to start actually filming shows? Actually, I think at that time it was a 7D thinking about it. And okay. that, and like, at, I mean, at that moment, like it was a great camera just right. because like, you know, I was, I was not by any means like wealthy or well to do. Like I funded pretty much all my stuff. Oh, Defeater. That's the name the of feeder. the feeder. Okay, cool, cool. War, oh, yeah. yes. Rain. Oh my gosh. They're like they're like whole World War like is it World War 2 or World War 1 theme? Like I I love love how they they pull that theme in. So so neat. Yes, that was the that was the project. I looked up his website to try to, to have his old Vimeo to try to see okay. if I could find a thing. But yeah, the feeder. Um man, when was that? That was 10 years ago. Okay, so that's why so, so you've been you've been really filming for for a decade plus yeah that's crazy to think about um <laughs> that's so that's so cool so, yeah november 9th uh, 2011 um crazy so, so so you start doing the archive stuff um um you're you, you know you're documenting shows what's kind of the what, what do you see like the f- your first like kind of big local video that pops off do you do you kind of like remember that moment where like you you saw the youtube plays and you were a little surprised that something you filmed got that that many views honestly no um i just never really paid attention much because i was shooting all the time right right right. and that was never i didn't really make like youtube doesn't really pay out right so it's right, like, right right 
so in the scheme of things, it's like I wasn't really focused on views because it just never, it never benefited me. True. Like, and truthfully, I never really gained much traction. Like my YouTube is still very small, um, all things considered. Like I never really gained much of a following on the internet. I never really gained any type of money so it's like <laughs> there was not really a reason to kind of keep um keep an eye on it i just for, for sure shot okay and uploaded okay. okay no no no. that makes sense because it, it, now that i'm thinking about it it's like yeah i mean you were filming shows but but it was like the people who were watching it were just kind of jack's heads and and anyone in north florida that wanted to kind of like see the show and stuff like that but but you're right it's not like maybe there was like i think i i did look back and i think you filmed like the uh the goth J like house show or was that Conrad? That might've been Conrad. I, can't I think remember. that was a uh, Conrad, but, but, but there, there's a couple of videos uh, of yours that I do remember like having like a decent amount of plays and stuff like that. But so what, what, what happens to where you find yourself like in a position where you're, you're actually filming more because I, I remember you kind of working more in like merch and stuff like that. Um, and then, and then, what ends up happening where you're able to kind of more transition to to, to filming a little bit more? Um, well, so yeah, so I, I I guess the intro because nobody else would really know him, but I know you do. Uh, his name's Mikey Sierra. Oh yeah, um, the man, the man. Uh, and Mikey's always looked out for me. I mean, he's family as far as I'm concerned, and. There was just one day that he had an old friend that was that he was in a band with forever ago that ran a thing called the music experience. And that's right. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, and basically music experience is like a sixty by ninety tent that would set up at festivals and it was a little bit more well, a lot a bit more than a guitar center because it was lined with guitars, but it was more experiential of like having signature or signature guitars of like artists playing the festivals. And then those artists would come to the tent and do signings or like meet up, or we ended up starting to do interviews later on. Cause we were doing stuff with Loudwire. Okay. And it just, and these were like things that like people could like pay for, like for like an experience to like one-on-one meet the guitar player. And then it was also kind of a promotion for like some of the products as well. I mean, it was, free oh um, wow okay okay, buy okay fast passes and stuff if they really wanted to ensure that they were there but okay. even those were like cheap okay um, so because like a lot of these artists were promoting like their guitars or got their you bands. okay for sure so they would come do signings or like if they had representation of like fender usp like they would come basically rep their their brand and people would be able to line up and just like get stuff signed, hang out, take a picture, like talk to them real quick. Cool. Cool. That's kind of what made it, made it cool. Cause like, yeah, it was just a big, it was it like in the name it was meant to be more of an experience just for fans on a festival ground. Okay. And, and this is, this is while you're also like, kind of like, I remember you were, you and, um, your wife were doing like, uh, photography and you you were kind of i saw you and going in like a couple different directions because you were doing like the model stint for a minute i felt like you guys were like hitting it big with like like uh filming models and kind of like uh doing like that whole thing like how did how did that like intertwine was that at the same time or was that like a little bit beforehand it was at the same time um 
it was just one of those things it was like I, it it just was kind of a new avenue I, I know nowadays the environment has changed quite a bit um but back then like shooting content for for girls wasn't very um popular and there was like little pockets of of people that needed work because they were making a lot of money doing it um got you and i had somebody that i no longer work with um but they were in need of it and they were an old high school friend okay um so i was working with her for a few, a couple of years until that kind of went sour okay do do you mind like ex- explaining like you don't have to like go into like crazy detail or anything like that but like uh like how that relationship ended and and what maybe like was there was it there something different that could have been done or like what what was the deal with that I just think some people are kind of built for that and like for anybody that doesn't know like when it comes to content whether for bands whether for models or people the most important thing that you can do is just uh, basically value it. And I think with anybody, any relationship that I have with a band, a model or whoever, I think it's all needs to be grounded in like respect and honesty. Right. And uh, that's essentially where my relationship with her went very wrong because she just, I think once money became plentiful and came easy, I think a lot of um a lot of things changed i yeah. think she, that person had a lot of people in her ear and there was a lot i mean the story is quite long and quite interesting but uh we'd be talking forever about it but in the, i, f- in I the, feel like you have like we could do like a four part series on on the life of cameron because yeah if we got into like all these interesting stories about uh, everyone you've worked with it would be crazy long <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I've been, I've had my hand in just about everything. But essentially, I think like with that, where it could have gone better, I think like some people don't like having hard conversations, and I love to. Okay. Um, so that's so, where it kind of went wrong. So, so were you doing things for them like more um, wh- while they while the money wasn't rolling in, were you doing things at more of like a discounted price and kind of putting yourself out there? And then when you felt like you needed to be taken care of, that was not happening. It was. It got to a point to where they were making an absurd amount of money, um, and they had a boyfriend that thought he was a momager. Um, so oh, okay. That got that got really ugly because he was a narcissist and a leech. Okay. Um, Interesting. And. I let him know how I felt about him because he decided to to get a little brave in mm. talking to me <laughs> and my lady um, in certain ways that he definitely shouldn't have. Um, and when he got checked, he was a coward about it. So that soured my relationship with him. And with her, she didn't like having the conversations about basically stealing from me and hiring me for content that she didn't ultimately want to pay me for. Um, Got you. So she tried selling it out from under me is, is how that relationship ended. Um, Got you. Got you. And, and so now like going into like more, you're just a little bit more careful when you go into situations like that. Uh, no, it kind of soured me on it entirely. Um, Oh, okay. If I'm being honest, me and her were very close and 
it just brought a really ugly side that I didn't uh, expect from them. True. So once that happened, it it was kind of heartbreaking because like basically that person wanted us to move out to LA for them. Uh, they wanted me to drop basically touring, shooting music, and just working for them. So they were basically trying to change my career path. Gotcha. Um, but then after they offered me percentages of their income, and when they got an invoice, uh, their tune kind of changed. So Ooh, got you. Yeah. Gotcha. So I don't like working for people anymore because, like nowadays, with like the OnlyFans world and with how cheap everything is starting to become in that space there's not really a whole lot of money for for these girls to like even offer right Um, and also my services as a professional aren't really uh sought after because back in the day it used to be like high-end model work um and now it's more so like cell phone amateur right let's get let's get the person who's trying to like come up and like that's the person who I'm going to hire like like okay like you y- you need to build your portfolio like this is the person um is is that what you're saying like it's kind of shifting to No, I think it's more uh just DIY like okay. a lot of these okay. girls just shoot it themselves and like I don't blame them okay. um if we're being honest like it's not it's not like I can really put much of a pressure on anyone to work with me because I mean with COVID and everything else, like I, I'm expensive if I'm being honest and I wouldn't expect to, anybody to hurt their wallet to work with me. For so, sure. And you've been able to now like pivot in a sense where you have more leverage and, and your time is valued in a sense where you can, you, you know, charge the, the amount that you do. So, um, so, so, okay. So while you're, you're, you're uh, doing this model thing, uh, you're you're also doing the music experience, um, and so you're, you're obviously. I remember you posting videos and just your. I, I I guess yeah, that's like when I start seeing you film people that you know celebrities essentially, you, you know rock stars. Um, who who are some of the people like your first like kind of uh, star shock like value uh, when you interviewed them? Uh well like. Shooting highlight videos was fun just because, like, getting up close on, like, some bigger bands just because coming from hardcore, it's, like, it is so different. Right. Having, like, huge productions, crowds of 40,000 people, like, pyro, cryo, all these things. Um, that was crazy, shooting kind of, like, like you said, rock stars. Um, interview-wise, like, I've gotten to interview quite a quite a lot of people i want to say we did a couple hundred interviews for loudwire um over oh, the wow. span of like two years okay um, and that was we, all through that was all through like mikey setting all that up mikey put my name in the hat for my friend squiggy okay um and squiggy is basically who kind of like alley-ooped me into what i do today okay after mikey put my name out there squiggy was the one that like took care of me because like out the gate he was like hey i i value you and i know what you're worth but right now i can't afford to pay you what i think you're worth he's like but i will put your name in anybody and everybody's ear and he did that tenfold okay Um, that is so awesome 
Yeah. So like it was one of the first times that anybody was like really took a shot honest with me up front and like basically stood by their word. That is so cool. That is so cool. When stories, because I feel like it's it's the exact opposite most most of the times. So when you do hear stuff like that, that is just so cool that they not only followed up on their end, but like you said, the tenfold aspect and and where you are today that that uh, speaks for itself. Yeah, with me, like loyalty is everything. Honesty is everything, and like that's something that means a lot to me. So like, even in those moments that he couldn't pay me what he again what he felt I was worth or like my full rate on certain projects he always made up for it in some way and like and that was that was fun I mean like I definitely got taken care of and yeah we we got we interviewed some crazy people I mean I got to go to John Five's house and do like a personal interview with him which was crazy because I was a huge Manson fan obviously prior to everything going on now Um, but like John five was one of my favorite guitarists growing up. So that was like a huge moment for me. And then like meeting members of Slayer and Exodus and like getting an interview, just like, just, and what, 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 what year is this? What, 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 where are we at? Like right now with, with like the music experience and everything? Um, let's kind of think it's been a a few years because i mean i think i started with them in 2016 right but like we had like a really kind of slow startup like i was shooting just like content under tent and then like squiggy is just a hustler so like he was basically like oh like how do we after my first time with them he understood like he had all this content and all this stuff i shot and like the live video so he hit the ground running of basically taking everything I had and was like, let's make this bigger. And so like, yeah, it basically, that's when the deal with Loudwire kind of happened where they got implemented and they started giving us access to artists. And, and while you're, w- while you're doing this, like, like, okay. So like, have you, you've moved into now, like, cause, cause okay. Like I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to line up when, I will always remember the conversation at Logan's wedding where you're like, I think I'm, I think I'm going to dive in completely and I, I'm going to go for it. And and you're talking to me about taking the risk of going full time. Wh- when does that happen? Is that when the Loudwire stuff lines up or are you still working like a side job right now? No, I think at the, at when Loudwire hit, I was full time. Okay. But what, t- talk about, talk about that transition a little bit. I mean, I think there's a fear always with everybody you know it's like you always have it in the back of your head like what if and at that time festivals was like the only thing that i had consistent like working with squiggy was seasonal okay so it's like he was paying me like good money for what i was doing but it wasn't good enough to like last me an entire year for sure and so um it just got to the point to where like my job gave me an ultimatum because I was a screen printer, but I also were, it was a mom and pop shop and I was one of two printers. Got you. When I was gone, it put all the pressure on basically one, one guy and a like, and basically the two owners to kind of make up for me being gone. So it just, uh, I, I get why they did it, but as much as I don't like how they did it, they gave me an ultimatum. And we're like, hey, like, you either stay here or you go 
handle your business and they knew the answer i think they just you're like all right let's go (laughs) i'm I'm out of here (laughs) yeah so i didn't really hesitate so i i hit him with the hey i'm i'm out and and what year what year is that i want to say like maybe 2017 2018 Okay. Okay. And, and so it is funny also because it's almost like I should have her on the podcast as well. You you and your wife kind of dove into this together, correct? Like, like it's almost like you guys were like a, a she was doing the makeup and, and stuff, especially like with the models. And, and to this day, it seems like she's still right by your side doing like all the makeup and stuff like that for most of your videos. Is that, are you guys kind of like a team package and that's kind of how you, you guys like how did yeah explain how that formed and and how that is implemented now yeah so me and her actually met through model work um at the time i had broken up with my ex and like in that relationship i wasn't really allowed to shoot women just because there was an insecurity there Um, right right i think it's like kind of like a um yeah, there's like a bad stigma or like a, a, a tabooness or something. I don't I don't really know how to explain it. But but yeah, there's like an uncomfortability and a definitely like an insecureness um, th- that I could see how that could create some issues if pe- both people in the relationship were not secure about what you were doing. Yeah, and I mean like even at the time, I never – in my relationship, I never really expressed the interest in shooting like nude photography, semi-nude photography, anything even racy. Right. It was just like women. She was just a little more. <laughs> right, right. It was just a lot of jealousy. For sure, um, for sure. But everybody has their boundaries. It's like, it's also one of those things like, yeah, that was her boundary. Yeah, I think I that's, it. yeah, I think that's like healthy to like admit to. It's like, yeah, pe- it, it might not be your boundary, but yeah, people have their boundaries. And so. Yeah, like I said, it's all about communication. She, she let it be known. I never really delved into it, but then becoming single i had a lot more freedom and i always loved like high-end studio work i always loved fashion photography i always loved boudoir but like anything like sexually driven anything overt i just never really liked i still don't um because all your stuff all your stuff was like very tasteful still like it was very like i mean it, it, it was it was crazy like just seeing some of the stuff that you were putting out was just like so wild and so um yeah yeah yeah. sorry keep going thank you but yeah no like with lisa it was like i never wanted to go into it to, like to meet girls to shoot naked girls i wanted to go into it to to do pretty photographs for sure and like i wanted a makeup artist also like like lisa seemed like she was into more styling and it also just created a safe environment just having a female present that like was also trustworthy it didn't involve any explaining on my end to have a model be there be comfortable um and especially like you know it's just overall she she helped me out like she was very good at like helping make them feel comfortable helping them pose like basically it became collaborative between me and her and we just kind of clicked in that way that's, that's really really cool and and yeah I can I can only imagine just in a in a world full of of that has a history of people being creepy has a history of of just abuse that you know you guys can team up and kind of create more of this uh 
environment that that really does make models feel comfortable, makes people feel safe, and 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 I think that's that was like really cool, and I kind of saw saw that kind of pairing forming. So yeah, no, it's been fun, and I mean, like she's been around for a very long time at this point, and I involve her in everything because she is just very talented. So um, we'll we'll skip forward a little bit because I want to um, touch on kind of two of the videos that I saw recently that that she was like uh involved in and that I just was so stoked on because it was a band that I wrote off I I didn't get them I didn't um want to get them and then when I watched the videos I would I understood and I was just like this is awesome but uh CU Space Cowboy is definitely not a band that I would turn on immediately um and uh the two videos that you guys just put out, the Constellations one and um, A Brief Moment um, in Lasting Intimacy. You did both of those, correct? I did. I've done all the Sea Space Cowboy videos. Okay, okay. So so, so the Constellations one um, specifically, I'm like obsessed with the color scheme and just like the the whole the 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 color wheel palette that you guys chose that kind of the vintage retro look uh everything about that video was just so like awesome and then it, it really uh their music like i said it was it was not a band that i would put on but then when i put them on i'm like oh you're just you're a combination of kind of all the good parts of every band i listened to in high school yeah they're they like have such a great year for like stuff that I just remember being around. It was just, it's right. just weird how they right. they tapped into like a sound, but I know those I know all of them and they definitely aren't like trying to mimic anything. I think it's just like organic from all their interests of like old screamo, like just they just seem to have such a good interests in different parts of music that they like to implement together there are so many bands that like i i feel like try and do what they're doing and they um are so annoying to me like i i can't describe any other way but like annoying and uh for for some reason the cu space cowboy was able to like capture kind of like i said just the the moments from high school bands that like i really liked um, and you can tell where their influences are like drawn from, but then they they do not go down the route of kind of some of these like other bands that just like end up. I I kind of just don't know how to explain it, but but if 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 you are someone that is if you're someone that's wrote them off for as long as I have, I would definitely check them out, give them another chance, cause cause and and the way that you do the videos, especially on the oh my gosh, I I actually watched the um to end a brief moment of lasting intimacy at work. Um, and it was, and, and I even saw the not safe for work thing. And it was funny because I kind of like forgot what even that meant. And uh, that is a spicy video. Holy crap. Oh man. That was so funny. That actually got toned down. Uh, it was supposed to be much raunchier. Um, I was going to really like actual nudity. Um, it would have been uh, implied and covered, but like, we we just had a lot of cancellations. We had incidents where okay. people were subjected to friends that had COVID, and we had like True. a moment where it just like a lot of things were falling apart. Sadly, uh, with every CU Space Cowboy video, 
we are always throwing curveballs. Okay. And the <laughs> fact that these videos even come together every single time is insane because like there's just a lot of hiccups with them. And it's not like to anybody's fault. It just seems like the universe always just wants to test us with these things. That's so crazy. So so um those two sets in particular, um, they're they're like drastically like different videos and stuff. What what is more difficult about kind of the shooting in like the house um with like kind of more of the retro look and then uh the other one with kind of being like more like flashy like bright lights and stuff like that uh do you have a preferred like shooting was there like something particular that you liked you, you know or didn't like about those shootings can you go through those a little bit well, so misinterpreting constellations was like, I'd say the only thing that was a hiccup was honestly my fault. Um, I was really bad at time management that day and we had spent multiple days shooting um, the end of a brief moment. Okay. And with those, both videos were shot back to back. Okay. Like okay. Four days. Okay. Um, so we only had one day for misinterpreting constellations and then we had three days for uh, end of a brief moment. Um but misinterpreting was the last video we did. And that was like on a Sunday, I want to say. Um, and at that point I was fried just because of all everything we were doing. And right. I just like, we, we pulled that video together like in a very short amount of time, just because like okay. styling and makeup and setting up and like, sadly the people that, uh, well, it was a husband and wife that, rented us the space the house yeah and it's funny because there's a story to it that is actually what was kind of definitely put a big damper on the day right out the gate shooting that uh made the rest of the day very tense oh please divulge um, yeah so the husband was amazing um venezuelan dude like loved metal come to find out very normie uh but like the house was extremely beautiful very obviously renovated and a nice part of town so these people obviously have money and coming into their house you just don't know because like screamo band like alternative um and just to put it out there queer band very obviously, again, alternative, like not something typical. And like even right out the gate, it's like, oh, we're used to trap artists and right. artists running our place. Oh, okay. okay. But um, <laughs> so he was so not used to it. But then like when we told him like, oh, this is more of like metal, screamo, metalcore, like his eyes lit up and he was like, that's great. Like, I can't wait to see you guys play. And like he, <laughs> he like hung around and then he found out the work that I did that I like shot bands like Slipknot and Disturbed and Rob Zombie and he was fans of all those bands and I was about to shoot festivals with Metallica so then he was like oh that's crazy like that's great and then um the guy that I that was doing BTS for me also works for a bunch of bands too so he like warmed up to us almost immediately was very accommodating like let us know and his wife was the complete opposite oh that's um, awesome did not like us there. Very obviously, super cold. Um, well, what, what so was her that, what, what was her deal like? Like she knew what was going on that you guys were renting the house. Like I like I don't understand what. How, how so does that even work? Like like. Uh, no, that I mean that's where the story kind of pivots. So, okay. <laughs> 
So he's again super accommodating, watching us like, but he's excited. So he's like filming us with his phone. He's like asking us questions. He'll go upstairs, check on us, give us privacy when just gives us a couple breaks. So he wasn't even like a punisher. Okay, cool. Um, I was gonna ask. He's pleasant. <laughs> no, he's pleasant to be around. So, but his wife, there was cameras all over the house. Um, because they, it's a renovated place. It's very expensive, obviously. So gotcha. she is very, very clearly spying on us. True. Um, so every move we make, uh, you can feel it. And there was a message that I sent them where in the video, there's a scene where it's kind of the, the wrap up scene that, that changes the mood where the actress knocks over the chess pieces. Um, and I had previously messaged them and said, hey, there is a scene that I want to do with the chess boards. Do you, they're in your sample shots. Are they available to use? I have an idea. And he said, yes, we have two chess boards. Or someone says, I don't know if it was her or him, but someone replied saying, yes, they are available. Um, I should have maybe been extra cautious and said we're going to knock him over or, yeah just saying she's just going to push him over just it's just a simple scene it's shot in slow motion so it'll look more dramatic than it is right like, right <laughs> i just need her to basically change the scene of like she's mad game's over so the husband is watching us uh during this filming process so he okay. is again he's stoked out. Yeah, and he's just keeping an eye just because he likes the process. He's seeing us set up. He's hearing the music, too, so, and he likes the music. So um, we have our scene with Connie and her, and this was, like, pretty much, like, at the start of the day of filming. Okay. Um, and we go through the chess pieces. They're playing. We cut to some of the other scenes, and then I tell her, I said, okay, we need the lights, so we're just going to knock out this final scene. And you were just going to, I said, all you have to do is just push him over. You don't need to smack him across the room. Because, again, we're still, this lady is very obviously watching us. And I'm not trying to piss anybody off. True. Well, it still did. Uh, she immediately, when we uh, did the scene of her pushing the pieces over, I just hear this woman running down this spiral staircase. And oh, my gosh. And then she... I can hear her talking to her husband because he comes out to, to address her and she like, they're throwing my chess pieces, yada, yada. And so of course I want to defuse it. So I come and I said, Hey, look, I apologize. Uh, we're not trying to disrespect your space. And she's like, those are third century. They're irreplaceable. Like they are so valuable, like whatever, whatever. And I was like, I like, I wish that had been divulged at any yeah. point. Like we wouldn't have even touched them. Like, right, I wouldn't right. have even looked at them. Um, so she was livid. Um, so scenes over. We set him back up, and from then on, it was just like you could feel the red beams of her eyes for the rest of it. And like we set up for the live shots, and like. She was getting pissed over the drum moving half of an inch onto the carpet or like about it being too loud, even though the husband said that it was perfect and that how, no, none of their neighbors could hear us because all the doors and windows were closed. How how like rich are we talking? Like were these like was, was this lady being kind of like 
is she like the true true one or point point one percent or was she she just like acting like it I couldn't tell you. I mean, like, the house was nice. I Got mean, you. Okay, okay. The house is very nice. And in California, like, houses aren't cheap. True, like, If you true. own one of these spaces, it's not coming cheap. So I assume they're they're pretty decent. But like I said, the husband watching us, he was great. He loved He was so <laughs> excited to see the live performance. He saw it and he thought it was amazing. But, again, like, we had, we had literal webcams on us the entire time so i would get little comments i would hear her over my shoulder you could see her looking through the the closed door that had windows on it watching us like that's so weird man with with all like the ring cameras and kind of like the technology out now today with like security cams like i know people like like i've got at my house i've got the the like ring doorbell camera and then we've got like a floodlight cam and stuff like that and 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 at some point we were like thinking about like because they sell like the indoor ones and i have them actually at the studio um but but i the fact that like i you know there's got to be so many moms now that just plop those ring cameras in their kids rooms and just spy on them now yeah i don't know but uh yeah it just made for a very tense moment but again like we had a moment where we were rushing because our time just evaporated and we still had like basically the final scene of Connie being bandaged up and like flicking the cigarette with holding the gasoline. Like, gotcha. We didn't get that shot. Um, and basically the video was going to end at her getting falling down the staircase. And I was like, well, fuck like that was, that was like the big scene was that ending scene because like basically Connie wanted this to be like a Wes Anderson inspired video. Like that was, what she came to me for and like having her bandaged up was a very on the nose like reference. Okay. And, okay. Um, and also just for the sake of resolution, like we just wanted, cause the whole video is about basically like when a relationship is controlling and toxic and like basically mind games and how do you break away from that? And like the, just the idea of emotional abuse and kind of like, having that ending of like basically lighting the cigarette and leaving it kind of scarred is was was in the treatment and it was like how we had pitched it ending so i actually messaged the guy and i was like hey or i texted him i was like hey we missed our last shot it is my fault like if you're available tomorrow if we could just rent it for an hour we won't even come inside the house because it was all exterior and he just let us do it for free. So we just oh, showed that's up. Oh, awesome. Uh, we bandaged Connie up. Um, just did it real fast. We were in and out in like 20 minutes. That's so and cool. So Th- that's, was, that's awesome that he ended up like coming through and just being being a cool guy, even though that his wife was a pain in the ass. Yeah, it felt bad because he like we tried guest listing him on like their shows coming up. And I messaged him asking for his information. He never texted me back. No. So I hope he didn't get in trouble. <laughs> oh um, man, that's so funny. So, yeah. so, so, so you end up, you know, obviously we, we like skipped forward a lot, but, uh, um, I want to go back to kind of the loud wire time and, and what, what pivoted you? Cause kind of the point of, of, this whole podcast and talking to some of the individuals I'm talking to is, is kind of giving a little bit of insight to anyone who's like coming up and, and a videographer themselves. And so like, how, how did you pay your bills? How did you 
find a way into like doing it full time to the point where like you and Lisa were like, okay, like we can do this. And like, when is that time that, cause it's not always right. I feel like, you know, obviously I feel like more people hold themselves back than do. Um, but, but, but it's like, when, when did you actually, you know, really figure that out? And and when were you and Lisa actually making a, a decent amount of income where, um, you're able to, to get where you are now? I mean, it's like one of those things I had my hands in so many things. I did weddings, I did model work. I did everything and anything just cause like, I, I never wanted to be kind of a one trick pony. Okay. Um, I loved being a jack of all trades. So I learned audio, I learned lighting, I learned cinema, I learned cool. photography and a little bit of graphic design. And it's like, it prepared me heavily to where when somebody hit me up to be like, Hey, I want X, Y, Z. There's very few times that I've ever said, like, I am not capable of that. Um, I think it's preparing yourself because like, I think the worst thing somebody can do is kind of pigeonholing themselves and also just not taking a chance. There's been definitely moments again, like I think it's just being honest where if someone comes to you with an opportunity and you have the confidence of knowing that you will do a good job, but maybe not the confidence of being like, Hey, I'm a hundred percent like in the know of this. I think just letting somebody know like, Hey, this isn't my wheelhouse, but I'll give it my best shot. I think that's opened up a lot of opportunity for me just because like I had never really delved into like artist interviews, but like we just made it work. Right. And like you, having you experience, I was able to just figure it out and make those things work. Yeah. Yeah. You touch, you touch on that kind of that taking that initiative and taking that, um, something that I have a really hard time with is getting down on myself for not being as technically skilled as like some other individuals and kind of, uh, that was like a really big hump for me to like be like, well, no, like I, I know the vision. I know what it's supposed to. I know all these other pieces. I might not be the most technically skilled in this aspect, but I can learn it and I've got the initiative to do that. And so I feel like for for people that are trying to get into it, that's kind of the most important part is, is having that confidence and knowing your value and knowing that that YouTube is literally right there and accessible to anyone so if you don't know how to do anything you know for the most part you you can find a lot a lot of things you know through the power of the internet through the power of you know just trying things out experimenting and stuff yeah and it's also just a matter of like networking i know that's kind of like a cliche but like in the scheme of things like i spent a lot of time shooting shows where i never tried to meet people like i i feel like in my life, I started kind of late as far as establishing myself. Like I'm 30 and I still feel like I am just dipping my toe into what this world is. And I know people like work of jar is, is at, um, but jar is like in his early twenties. And that kid has been crushing it just because I feel like he's so good at putting his name out there and being smart about like, meeting people, networking, having conversations. And I feel like being social wasn't my big, um, something that I did often, like going to shows. I never really, uh, I like filmed a show and I was out. I didn't hang out with bands. I didn't hang out with people. I like filmed and bounced. Yeah. And, but, but I think that we're shifting into a movement where like 
were the generation of, of people where like you weren't getting into it necessarily as a profession. You weren't filming hardcore shows because you're like, I'm going to try and network. I'm going to try and, and make sure that like I'm making my connections because in, you know, 10 years, I'm going to be filming Hollywood Undead. You, you know, you, you didn't know that, that was going to happen. You were literally getting into it because you enjoyed it. And because there was kind of like a need for it. And I feel like now we're shifting into where you're the person where you're inspiring kids now that they're like, oh, wait, like this guy like made a living off of doing this. Like now I'm going to be a little bit smarter about this. And when I go to a show, like I'm going to start talking with people and I'm going to approach bands. And and it's like, you know, I, I, there's this kid that um, I'm working with right now. Um, his name's Drew, and everyone should go and check out Silk. Um, uh, is what he goes by right now, and he's he's 19 years old. He came to, up to me at a show and was like, "Yo, I'm in the film school. I I, I really just want to get involved in the scene. I'm hungry. I just I want to meet everyone." And now he's like, he's like shooting some like pretty relevant hip hop artist music videos and like doing as like a 19 year old kid, and and just because he's like taking that initiative to just go up to people and and be awkward for a second but but push through that and and so it's it's definitely that confidence that that gives you i think that ability to push your um hesitancy aside if you can have that confidence and present yourself in that way you know you're you're going to get further yeah and i mean like i think covid also proved that it's not a matter of like even talent i know a lot of talented people that like Right. aren't really doing it much anymore but i met a lot of, like i know a lot of talented people that are just good people that are fun to be around and that are like responsible trustworthy and have a insane work ethic and those right. people like they got taken care of oh like, yeah there's there's a lot of people that like stayed working during covid all things considered and it's just because they were like good people oh yeah I I have that same exact theory, man. I I, I was like, dude, this is gonna be this right now is gonna be a period of time where where when this ends and and you're the people that are gonna be on the other side of this are they gonna be the people that did not fold their arms during this time and, and you know it it is obviously one of the worst things that you know we we've gone through as a as a you know unified group of people, but at the same time it gave a lot of people a chance to. Um, focus during that time of, of especially, and I feel like the creative industry and, and the, the music video art industry, just, just that whole space really gave you time to, to figure out what you wanted to do and, and, and maybe think a little bit more about it instead of being concerned with like the hustle that you have to be putting out this, putting out that. And so, um, you, you really saw, I feel like people that use that time, like you're saying the, the people with the insane work ethic, if you're able to figure out how to market yourself and monetize yourself, um, even though that sounds, I, I hate that like kind of like that suit and tie business aspect of it. But as I get older, it's so funny how that's the thing that separates myself from some of the people that are more talented, me in the area of mixing or mastering and stuff like that. But the fact that I put myself out there or, you know, want to be a little bit more social is the reason why I'm able to make more of a livelihood out of it. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I was never really a social person growing up. I've gotten kind of better at that, but 
it's just a matter of putting yourself out there with people you respect. I, I think that's been right. kind of the thing that made all the difference for me is I got, I luckily through Squiggy, I met a lot of absurdly talented people that like I was so just blown away by as far as like their stories, who they are, like how they are just, just overall them as people like there's people like my buddy Sebastian or like this dude Strati or Sam Shapiro or Kevin uh-huh. Garcia. Like there's a ton of, of people or like Bryson, uh, what was it? Bryson Roach. I don't know why it's based on his last name. I was literally talking to him today. I was going to say, um, I, but, I know a few of the names that you're dropping for sure. But like all these people are so like, I met them. I feel like at the right time and they all, became friends as well as peers and it just like it just became one of those things that we all started coming up and everybody just as we all grow together everybody has work for one another and it's just like it's not a doggy dog thing like there's so much now with the era of content of bands oh yeah just consistent media of festival shows like labels it's it's so heavy now to where it's like I've been recommending people from Florida for all types of stuff that probably nobody even knows. But like I've been putting as many names in a hat as I can for anybody that I feel deserves it. And I think it's just because, again, they were just good people that I want to see succeed. That's awesome. Um, that's that's really cool. So I think it's just, again, I think for anybody that's coming up, it's just a matter of like having genuine interaction. Don't treat people like social currency don't look at people like opportunity. Look at right. look at it as an experience of find people that you respect, that you want to work with, that you feel like you can learn from, that you actually like. Right, right. Because I think the worst thing ever is working for someone you don't fucking like. And oh I've, man, I've, been there. I've 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 had this conversation now with like so many uh, individuals as I've gone on my path of you know either like being in a band and seeking talent versus friendship and and dealing with that whole situation or you you know whether it be like you're saying working with individuals i just recently you know had to come come to like a turning point of what i really enjoyed and and uh had to kind of dial back just the everyday person that i was working with because um yeah it wasn't picking those those relationships genuinely and having that is very important and and so um that's interesting that you bring that up and not treating people like social currency because there's like a balance of like you know okay this is something that you're doing for a living but also this is like people's creation that you're working with and and you can't just um not care about it um and so and it's gonna it'll it'll look like that you don't care about it with the stuff that you do over time so you know yeah, no, I mean, again, I think it's just about being genuine. I think people can smell bullshit. Yep. I mean, it's very it's very easy. And uh, I think it's just a matter of, like, putting yourself out there in a genuine way. And I think when you do that, eventually your phone's going to start ringing. Yes. <laughs> if you're talented and, like, being talented is, like, a fraction of the battle. You know, like, nobody wants to work with someone they don't like. Right. It's just the nature of the beast i would much rather work with somebody that is a little less talented and teach them versus some dude who's an absolute dickhead 
right that is uh, good at what they do so so when did you get the call and when did you decide that you guys were moving out to LA when was the shift from Jacksonville to California well it was like one of those things like for me I've always been working um, and I always will be working because just it's how I'm built right but with my lady like she was stuck doing absolutely nothing in Jacksonville. And when I was home in Jacksonville, I wasn't doing literally anything other than maybe shooting stuff for my friends here and there. But like opportunity is quite literally void. Um, and some of the members of Hollywood undead live in California. Um, and it got to that point to where like Lisa had applied for, um, for funding or her uh, unemployment and didn't get it for a good while. And then one day it cleared and she got this lump sum. So like basically she got this big, um, she got a nice check. Big... Yeah. She's sorry. Someone's knocking on my door. I'm oh, just going to check in. Um, but yeah, so she got a, a big deposit and I, basically told her i was like look like i'm sitting on money that i saved hollywood undead's got me on payroll um and i was like i'm good like i'm taken care of i can sit around in jacksonville and be bored i said but like do you want to sit in florida and piss away this money on rent or do you want to do it in california yeah do you want to make an investment and so I, i put it in her lap and i said look like when touring is back on, I'm traveling. Like, I'm not going to be home. So, like, I'll do whatever you want to do. Um, and she made the call. And we just basically, like, made the last-minute decision. We are like, we're out. Uh, and then we packed up everything and bounced within, like, I want to say a month. Um, so we just, like, up and ran. And it just all kind of fell together where, like, I had friends that lived out here. So they helped us, like basically scout out a, an apartment. We ended up finding a perfect place that we're still in. Like, I love my spot. That's so and, cool. Uh, yeah, and then uh, just, like, opportunity with Hollywood Undead was was easy at that point because, like, you know, like, opportunity with them was how, better. How, how exactly did you get that deal again? So my friend Wombat, who's also an extremely talented person, um, but his real name's William, uh, he was on tour with Five Finger, which I was supposed to jump on the road with him after the Hollywood Undead tour. But that would have been COVID, so wild. Yeah, COVID stopped that. Okay, but that was in discussion as far as like me jumping on the road. But that Will's like again, he's one of those people that I love and respect. That dude, and he's also another person that's like put my name in people's ears and the opportunity came where he was like, Hey, I'm on the road with five finger. I can't leave it. Hollywood undead needs a guy. And, uh, do you want to go to Europe? And he's like, you get to paid to basically explore. And, um, I basically just was like, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's so cool. So, and it was just one of those things where me and the guys like all just clicked super well, right out the gate. And like, they were a blast to work with. And also like, one of the craziest things is like COVID hit the world seemed to stop. And the first thing those dudes said, they sat me down and I told them, I was like, I'm kind of fucked. Like, and they were like, we'll take care of you. And that's so awesome. Immediately put me on payroll and 
basically kept me busy. So like, again, it's just one of those things that like that type of thing. It, it shows, the world. it shows the pivot from the band too. Cause they, they also realized that like, okay, if, if, if we can't tour, we need someone to just film us and we need to start just posting stuff. And so they understood the value of like having someone there to actually, you know, film all the time and stuff like that. So that's, that's really interesting on their part. Well, so funny enough, uh, my a friend, uh, his name's Brian Cox, he he ended up going to work with uh, Bring Me the Horizon. And okay. so he left his position with them, and that's why they needed a guy. Okay. Um, but they've always been, they were kind of at the forefront of just like, or they were, they were very much ahead as far as being like, we know we need a guy nonstop shooting content. So like, I think they just had a value for it. It wasn't even a matter of being like, we need this now. It's just, they were like, Oh, we always need this. Got so, you. Got you. Um, especially with like the, smart in that sense. yeah, the shift with like, like Instagram moving to like the, the video aspect, TikTok being like the main, you know, platform and stuff like that. And so for like a, a band like Hollywood Undead, I feel like it's, it's like you could create your own reality show just off of Instagram or, you know, their social media and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, man, they just took care of me, and that's like, again, loyalty, honesty, all that stuff. Like they, they've proved themselves time and time again as far as like making sure I'm taken care of and like being super. I mean, they. I can't say that I've ever felt unappreciated by them, their team, management, anybody. That is so so awesome. So okay, so you get out. You're you're in California. Uh, Lisa moves out over there with you. Um, is she doing stuff with Hollywood and Dead, or is she kind of doing her own makeup and stuff over? I know she does stuff with See You Space Cowboy, and when you're doing those shoots, but is she helping you with Hollywood and Dead as well? Uh, she actually hasn't had the chance to. Um, so when she came out here, it was we moved during COVID. Like it was. Yeah, I remember that. August. I think that the at that time it was still August of uh, what was it a year and a half ago? The 2020. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's like when or we came out here, like the roads were still empty. Like it was, there wasn't anything going on. And then one day, funny enough, my friend um, Aaron, he uh, he's the one that does the BTS stuff for me. But okay. Aaron had a friend who worked for Trixie Mattel and PEG, and PEG is essentially like a hub of like entertainment, music, merchandise. Okay. For a lot of drag queens. Okay. Um. And so Lisa got an opportunity to where they were like, hey, do you want to come fill glitter and like pack merchandise for drag queens? And like, She's like this is for anybody that amazing. knows Lisa, that's like my dream job. <laughs> yeah, it's like it is absolutely her. The girl's got multicolored hair, well, crazy colored eyebrows Thanks. covered in glitter. Yes. So and like all of our friends back home are like drag queens and like she's heavily been in, in that community. Um, so it's like she came into it knowing who everybody was and like all being, the personalities. Yeah. Just being the perfect person to set that tone and environment and everything. But yeah, but fast forward to now the person that hired her left, um, cause they were a touring person. So they, as COVID ended in the quote unquote, um, once she started touring, she left her position and basically like her Lisa and her friend took over as manager. So now she's got like, double promoted at this place and is helping run uh, oh, PG in the merchandise area of like 
so so y'all are straight up just killing it right now yeah i mean i am very happy with life i gotta say like i'm just again like this was an opportunity that i wanted for her as much as for myself like i came out here and hit the ground running like the first i think within the first week i was shooting live streams of like Corey taylor's live stream (laughs) um that was like the first gig i did out here for my friend uh, sam shapiro and kevin and um and then we had dance gavin dance the like shut down a whole bridge and like i camera opt for that and then like all the music videos and like other stuff that was going on with space cowboy and risk me razor and like my friends in this band halo west like there was just I just have been very lucky that like when I came out here and I touched ground, like everybody knew about it. So everybody was hitting me up being like, Hey, do you want work? Do you want to stay busy? Hey, we got this. So like I hit the ground running and then she got that job and she's been just slammed of like going to these events, hanging out with these people, doing work and getting to meet and chill with like people she sees on TV. So she's like over the moon in that sense as well. So it's been, it was probably the best decision we made was to move out here. And that's, that's just such like a testament to like just people, uh, taking that plunge and and just doing that. It's, it's so crazy how much we hold ourselves back and don't do the things that we want to do. And, uh, just for that consistency and, and just for kind of, uh, um, that safety net and, and, and so that that is just that is so cool. What 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 is next? What can you share? Anything that's going on next? Can you um you got anything cool over the horizon um that you could talk about? Um yeah, what what, what is the next five years looking like for you guys? Well, I mean, one huge opportunity. I can't really say exactly what it is, but it's something that's gonna be played on a big talk show. So that's that's something okay. that's cool. Um so that'll that'll come out eventually i'll be able to talk about it um and then touring i mean like i'll be on the road with this uh a friend is he goes by zero nine three six but i'll be on the road with him for a week coming up soon we got rockville that i leave for in a week i'll be in back in florida in daytona for like four or five days then uh after after the basically like i get home from Rockville on the 15th, jump on tour with Zero on the 16th, back home for Thanksgiving, and then I'm on the road with Sea Space Cowboy and Risky Razor for like maybe a week or two. Okay. Um, and then taking December, and then uh, we got a tour with uh, Hollywood Undead uh, that will be going on uh, with Papa Roach and Bad Wolf. Yes. So. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. so insane. The jump, the jump that you do. So, so cool. Um, well, Cameron, thank you so much for joining me tonight. It just seems like your future is so bright and the things that you are doing are just so, uh, so insane that, uh, you started just filming hardcore shows and now you're on payroll with Hollywood Undead filming stuff for Papa Roach, um, doing all these festivals. It's a true testament that if you really just work hard and are truly, you know, persistent in your passion, you can do it for your job. So that is just really cool, man. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, my man. Definitely.